The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, y'all. We're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. The day was April 10th, 1710. The Statute of Anne, often considered the first full copyright law, became effective. The word copyright was not used in the statute. Instead, the statute was called an act for the encouragement of learning by vesting the copies of printed books in the authors or purchasers of such copies during the times therein mentioned. There had been other instances in history of artists and publishers being protected from unauthorized uses of their work. But the Statute of Anne was a milestone in copyright law. The statute influenced copyright legislation in other countries, like Denmark, the United States, and France in the 18th century. And it was enforced until the Copyright Act 1842 was passed. Before the Statute of Anne, the licensing of the Press Act 1662 gave a guild of printers and booksellers from London called the Stationers' Company the exclusive power to print and responsibility to censor literary works. Authors could not join the Stationers' Company. People despised that censorship and the fact that the Stationers' Company had a monopoly in printing. So a lot of authors and small publishers protested the act and objected when it was time for it to be renewed every two years. The protesters got what they wanted when in 1695, Parliament did not renew the act, 
So the stationer's monopoly ended. The stationers fought to get the old licensing system back, but Parliament refused. Meanwhile, many authors and publishers were asking for a new licensing system. Writer Daniel Defoe, for instance, wrote in 1705, One man studies seven years to bring a finished piece into the world, and a pirate printer reprints his copy immediately and sells it for a quarter of the price. These things call for an act of parliament, and that so loud, as I hope will not be denied, that so property of copies may be secured to laborious students, to the encouragement of letters and all useful studies. The stationers were losing money, as small printing presses and internationally printed books were cheaper. So the stationers took notice of the prevailing sentiment and decided to lobby for a new copyright statute on behalf of the authors. They argued that licensing needed to be reinstated so that authors could be guaranteed an income. Otherwise, as stationer John Howe put it in 1706, learned men will be wholly discouraged from propagating the most useful parts of knowledge and literature. With the support of authors, the Stationers' Company petitioned Parliament in 1707 and 1709 to write a bill giving copyright to authors. Member of Parliament Edward Wortley introduced a copyright bill in January 1710, after which point many changes and amendments were made to the bill. And on April 5th, the bill was granted royal assent. Five days later, it went into force. The act became known as the Statute of Anne because it was passed under the reign of Queen Anne. The statute said that for any book published after April 10th, an author had a copyright term of 14 years from the date of first publication, with the possible 14-year renewal if the author was still alive when the first term expired. A legacy clause gave works that had already been published a 21-year copyright term, starting from the date the statute went into force. When the copyright expired, then the work would move into the public domain. The title of a work had to be registered with the company of stationers for the copyright to be binding. And if someone broke the law, they had to forfeit the back copies and pay one penny per page, where the complainant could claim half and the crown would get the other half. Unreasonably high prices for books were prohibited, and the importation of most foreign works was banned. The copyright applied to England, Wales, Scotland, and decades later, Ireland. The stated aim of the Statute of Anne was to bring stability to the book trade, and generally, people felt it accomplished that goal, though the legal deposit system it mandated was not so popular. The statute required the deposit of nine copies of the book at the stationer's company, the Royal Library, or certain universities. The expiration of copyrights in 1731 led the stationers to claim that copyright was perpetual according to common law, and the effort known as the Battle of the Booksellers soon began. Over the next century, copyright law expanded, and in 1842, Parliament passed a Copyright Act that repealed the Statute of Anne. Still, the statute marked the first time printers' mistreatment of authors was recognized, and its significance in copyright history is widely acknowledged. I'm Eves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And a little note about the dating in this episode. Many sources date the text of the Statute of Anne to 1709, but the correct year is 1710. 
keep up with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Thanks for joining me on this trip through history. See you here, same place, tomorrow. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Business, it's all the things that keep this world turning. And behind every one of these companies is a partner helping to keep it all moving. It's why the local flower shop and your favorite pizza joint, the startup in the stadium, hospitals and hotels, banks and restaurants nationwide, all choose the advanced network, cybersecurity solutions, and round-the-clock trusted partnership from Comcast Business, the company that powers more businesses than anyone else. Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Restrictions apply. Call or visit ComcastBusiness.com to learn more. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. Hello, everyone. I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast that peels back a new layer of history every day. The day was April 10th, 1815. Mount Tambora on the island of Sumbawa in what is now Indonesia produced one of the largest and deadliest eruptions in recorded history. Indonesia was then a Dutch colony called the Dutch East Indies. Before the eruption, Mount Tambora was a stratovolcano in the northern part of Sumbawa that stood at about 14,000 feet, or 4,300 meters, tall. Radiocarbon dating has confirmed that Mount Tambora erupted around 3910 BCE, 3050 BCE, and 740 CE, roughly. The magnitude of those eruptions is unknown. 
But historical records show that the volcano was highly active starting in 1812. In early April of 1815, Mount Tambora's eruption began with small tremors and pyroclastic flows. On April 10th, days after the rumbling began, the volcano's eruption became violent. Three columns of lava shot into the air. Ash, rock, and aerosols were spewed into the atmosphere. Strong winds uprooted trees. Pumice stones rained down on nearby villages. Lava hurled into the ocean, killing wildlife and causing tsunamis. Huge fields of pumice formed and floated out to sea, posing a hazard to ships. Ash and waves destroyed people's boats and homes. The volcano ejected so much material into the atmosphere that it prevented a lot of sunlight from reaching Earth's surface. For the next several days, the area was plunged into darkness. Air temperatures dropped significantly, and ash continued to rain down in the region for weeks. The major eruptions stopped by mid-July. The top 3,000 feet of the volcano were destroyed. A caldera about 3.7 miles in diameter and 3,600 feet deep formed. On the Volcanic Explosivity Index, the eruption is rated at a magnitude 7. The volcano had released an estimated 36 cubic miles of ash, pumice, and aerosols. Most of the immediate destruction happened on Sumbawa and surrounding islands. Freshwater was contaminated. Crops and forests were destroyed. Around 10,000 deaths were caused by volcanic bombs, tephrafall, and pyroclastic flows. But in total, somewhere around 90,000 people died in the disaster, as more died from disease and famine. Countries all around the world were affected in the aftermath of the 1815 Mount Tambora eruption. All the ash in the atmosphere lowered global temperatures, leading to 1816 being dubbed the year without a summer. In China and Tibet, lower than normal temperatures killed trees, crops, and animals. Summer frosts hit the Northeast United States, causing crops to fail and prices to rise. There was more rainfall than usual in Europe in the summer of 1816, which caused crop failures and famine. There's not much evidence that Mount Tambora's eruption affected the Southern Hemisphere, but it was linked to sudden and extreme weather changes in the Northern Hemisphere. Small eruptions at Mount Tambora have been reported in the centuries after the 1815 disaster. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you have any burning questions or comments, feel free to send us a note on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, at T-D-I-H-C podcast. You can also send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.